So, Michelle. Okay, David, hey. Uh, how was Melbourne? I mean, Melbourne was amazing. I highly recommend everyone goes and see to Melbourne. Hamilton, um, yeah, the musical. Show. It was a really good show. But Melbourne, it was just really nice to get on a plane. Yeah. I, I actually got on a plane myself while you were away. I flew to Brisbane and back yeah. in a day. I highly right. recommend everyone go to Brisbane. <laughs> it's nice. It smelled like a wet dog, but then in the entire country smells like a wet dog it at does, the moment. It does, totally. But we're not here to talk about us. No. We're here to talk about intelligence services. Yes. In particular, we're looking at what's going on with Vladimir Putin and his old buddies at the FSB. Yes, I really want to get stuck into this because this kind of piqued my interest. Mm. It's a really good story because it's a really great way of looking at how an intelligence service and the government it works for interact. Shall we dive deep into this little one? Let's dive real deep. Woohoo! You're listening to I Spy, the trusted spy of Australian intelligence. Michelle, if you go to the ABC, mm. you will be welcomed with open arms. There will be garlands of flowers and petals strewn at your feet. That's a lie. Oh, God, you saw through me, did you? Yep. Hello and welcome to I Spy. My name's Michelle Stevenson. I'm here with David Callan. And this ep, we're going to be digging deep into how governments and intelligence, s- intelligence services. services kind of interact. And the reason why we want to discuss this, there was something really interesting that happened with Putin. He kind of put his high-ranking intelligence services officers under house arrest. Colonel General Sergei Beseda. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> this right, I'm here now. Yeah. Uh, Beseda, who is the director of the Fifth Services Division yep. of the FSB, which mm. the FSB is essentially the KGB, or what the KGB Rebranded. Became. Rebranded. Rebranded. Yeah, rebranded. They have put a new label on it. Yeah. yeah. Look at the new logo. We focus grouped it and everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it puts terror in your life. I know. I was going to say, by focus group, they just told everyone they had to like it. Yeah, you like it. Uh, <laughs> you like I like a lot. Please don't shoot me in foot. Yeah. Right. So the Fifth services is actually a foreign interference division. It's really strange, right? FSB should be kind of like what ASIO is. Mm. It's meant to be a domestic security intelligence service. So it's meant to look after the house. It's meant to look after. But it has all of these projections out into the satellite countries around Russia. Yeah. Which makes a lot of sense when you think about it because, you know, some of them are unstable. They want to know what's going on in them to protect their own Mm. security. But then they've been influencing what's going on in those countries, i.e. look at uh, Georgia and Chechnya. Right, to the point where the FSB, and we've discussed this before, Mm. what were they doing in Moscow before Chechnya? They were blowing up apartment buildings. Yeah, apartment buildings so they could justify a war. Yeah, basically turn around and go, oh, look look at what these terrorists from Chechnya are doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But interestingly enough, it was when they got busted doing it and someone went, what are you doing? Oh, nothing, just exercise. It's like, that's real explosives. Yeah. So We're just going to kill our own people to justify yeah. us going in and killing other people. Other people, you know, because people are just people and yeah. we can kill them at willy-nilly. So the whole thing is Fifth Services was very much responsible for supplying the intelligence mm. on what was going on in Ukraine prior to the Ukrainian invasion. Uh, if only they knew that they wouldn't have been wrapping it up as quickly as they'd hoped. Well, that was the big thing. It's yes. going to be two days, uh, you're going to be welcome with open arms and garlands of flowers. Petals will be strewn across the road in front of the tanks. Everyone will cry for joy. Zelensky will run from the country. We will put in a new president. Everyone will be joyous and praise be to you, and Vlad. And seen. And seen. But so... I'm assuming that their intelligence is pretty off the mark. Uh, in a big way. Or did they just make it 
look the way they wanted it to look. A little bit from column A and a little bit from column B is the best way to put it. Essentially, what happened was they've massaged the information. The the delicate term is they've massaged it. They've got all of this information. A lot of people are basically saying that Bethesda has turned around and gone, if we tell him that the Ukrainians will rise up and attack us, he's not going to like to hear that. Yeah. So let's just say that they'll welcome us with open arms. Yeah, but my th- my thing is surely telling the truth might have been a little easier than what is happening right now. Well, exactly. I mean, telling the truth is always a good idea when you're going to use <laughs> yeah. those facts to go to war. Yeah, exactly. Um, and what's interesting about this is it's been a constant sort of leitmotif going through the FSB and the community and the relationship it has with Putin. Right. Putin sees it as his personal fiefdom. It it literally is his power base. FSB right. is his power base and it's also his personal protection. So you know, it's very understandable that they're going to do what they can to stay on his good side. Right. Now, Even the, if they need to massage the facts. So there. Yeah, and also there is that beautiful cartoon. And when I find it, I'll post it on the Twitter feed at I Spy Podcast. See, I'm so good. I know at you're that. so, it's like you're, you've got that used car. Salesman vibe. Yeah. And I spoke podcast. Come on down. Windsor Road. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, the other thing is, I had to practice it because I was so bad. To I know. It, I know. You kept saying, and now I can say, and I spoke podcast. Join us. Join the conversation. <laughs> it's a little less conversation, a little bit more ranty, but sure. Yeah, it's a lot of diatribe for me. but And also, yeah. you know, Salty and the rest of the gang all getting in there and throwing his stuff. And we've, we've got some really good stuff to okay, talk great. about later on from them. But the important thing is what's going on is he's used the FSB as his personal fiefdom mm. and he's to consolidate his power. Yeah. And there's a lot of the, the oligarchs that are now sort of going, hang on, dude, we can't get our money. Yeah. What happened to my bank account? Oh, my God, I've lost the Chelsea Football Club. Well, also, speaking of Chelsea Football Club, mm. it poisoned. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of strange stuff going yeah, yeah, on. Yeah. So he's used this to consolidate his power, but a lot of these people, a lot of the oligarchs have come from the FSB yeah, or from the okay. KGB, okay. right? So that's also a part of his power base. Now the new problem they've discovered with the FSB is it's become a little bit like MI6 was back in the 20s, 30s mm. and 40s. Remember when we did the Philby thing and Philby was an Eaton boy because he showed up at his interview with an Eaton time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone went, oh, he's from Eaton. Let him in. Oh, like, and he just turned out to be one of the worst spies, you know, Russian spies ever. The whole thing is that seems to be what's going on with the FSB at the right. moment. They're called legacy hires. So we're hiring you because your dad used to work here or your mother used to work here. Kind of like working at the ABC. <laughs> That's how I got on Media Watch. I went to the right school. Yeah. Uh, and also, they'll find them at school and they'll take them out of school, mm. so out of high school, out of college or right. university, and put them in the organization and train them there on site. Okay. Now, there's a lot like of bonuses for that. It's not a bad idea. Like, I mean, my education, I, when people ask me where I went to university, I like to say, I went to the University of Asia. It's very exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a certificate? I have one, but if well, I show it to you, it, I'll s- kill you. Speaking of Asia, it was really interesting when I, you know, kind of Googled the relationship between government and intelligence. Intelligence yeah. agencies. The second search item which popped up is, is ASIO real? <laughs> I can guarantee you that it is. I know, but it's interesting to me that people would still ask that question. Yeah, but people also think Invermectin is going to help you if you get COVID. Oh, I love that. That Side note, that they've yep. just really proven that, that it does nothing. <laughs> it, nothing. It, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely does nothing. Just note to self, it doesn't. The thing is... Now, most modern Mm. intelligence organisations, and Australia probably had a kind of same problem when ASIO first started. It was very, very anti-communist. Yeah. Brigadier Spry was basically directed at 
the left, and it also affected what happened with governments. It affected Australian politics to a great extent. Now the organisation has gotten more and more professional and more and more neutral, which is what you want. I actually bumped into an ex-officer a couple of years ago and I said, you know, you must be really enjoying all the sort of things that's going on. And he just turned around and went, you do understand it is the most bolshy organisation in the Australian government. It's fiercely independent and it wants Mm. to be. But what they do and what all the modern Western intelligence organisations are doing is they're not going to the universities, but they're looking at the people coming out of university and they're looking for the cream of the crop, right? You want the very best and brightest doing this. Now, you're not going to hold on to them for very long. Eventually, they're all going to work out that I can make more money doing this, you know, in in the private sector and you'll leave, but you'll get a better quality of officer coming through. And there are career guys. There are guys that stay there for their entire lives. But what's going on with the FSB, getting back to Russia, is because it's being filled with legacies and basically sycophants, for mm. a, better, a better word, the quality of the intelligence that they're getting is poor. Right. And Vladimir is now working off the back foot, not the front foot, in a major way. Yeah, in a major way. Like, I feel like they've missed the mark on every single spot Mm. during this whole kind of fallout of this war, not only just in terms of should we invade, but also from the social media aspect, from the cyber aspect. So, very interesting. And look, we're just coming off the back of um, Vladimir Zelensky addressing federal parliament, Australian federal parliament, and did an incredible job and basically saying, which flies in the face of what Putin would want out there, but basically said, if you allow this to continue, then where is Russia targeting next? Yeah, who's next? Yeah, if you're letting this evil in, then it, it it will come and get you next. Now, when I heard that, I was like, he's very, very smart. Oh, right down to the fact that he's wearing a khaki T-shirt. Right down to the fact that I could be run out of this office at any minute with my AK to defend parliament. And Putin is losing this war on this social media. Oh, he's losing the the information war. He's losing seriously. But the flip of that is, and there's a really good point. Someone made it recently. I think it was an NBC Mm. journalist from the States going, everyone's lying to Putin and he has no idea what's going on. It's like, Dude, all he has to do is turn on the TV. Yeah, he knows. Despite the fact that he may be blocking information going into the Russian population. Oh, he's population, still receiving it. I reckon he's still watching CNN and, you know, Fox and the rest of them. He would definitely know what's actually going on on the mm. ground to the point where there's also been rumours that eight of his generals have been fired. Right. Uh, now, the interesting thing is when they say fired, you're like, first thing is like, oh, my God, was that like a brick wall and a line of rifles? Yeah, I'm like, how do you get fired from anything around Putin? I'm pretty sure it's a exit into the grave. As someone said, there's going to be a lot of people sort of falling out windows. Uh, a lot of yeah. people going missing, the yeah. air quotes. No, 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 no. It's generally defenestration is the the mode of operation. You want to understand what defenestration is? Yeah, go. Being thrown out a window oh, or off a building. <laughs> When I, so when I say- That's an actual, There's an actual name for that? Yeah, defenestration. I've it, never well, heard that. It used to, it was uh, back in the Middle East, like back in the way, way yeah, back yeah. in the sort of like sort of 10th, 11th century. Cliff that tops. was the way you were executed. You were thrown off a building oh. into the street. Oh. Right, in front of everybody. That's terrible. It's what an awful way to go. Terrible. You know, as you're going down, but when you land, then your family get to hold up scorecards. Uh, oh. <laughs> Funnily enough, and this comes down to Mm. Trump as well. I want to talk about Trump because it sort of reflects what's going on. After Trump took power, became Mm. president. Took power. Took power. We got voted in democratically. Well, yeah, uh, took over the White House. Yeah. Within about three weeks, there was suddenly a spate of people falling out of windows in Eastern Europe. 
Oh, yes, there was. Right. There was a spate yeah. of them. Right yeah. to the point where one guy, I love this story. It was someone in the Ukraine. It was in yes. Kiev, actually. The guy was trying to lift a hot tub using a hoist mm-hmm. into his third floor apartment. And it's like, this. it's a hot tub. There's no way one guy's going to go, yeah, I reckon I can get away with that. Yeah. So as he was pushed out a window. And a whole lot of them, the yes, theory that going this. around yeah. was that you know these were all intelligence assets from the CIA that Trump had just gone, yeah, by the way, here's what the CIA. I've got on you in Eastern Europe. Yeah, right. So the big thing is watch for people falling out of windows in Moscow, particularly if they're wearing generals' uniforms, if they're yep. of general rank or higher, or they're members of the FSB. Yep. So there's that sort of thing going on. So now he's like, he's put these generals, getting back to what we were talking about, he's put these generals like kind of under house arrest. Yeah. So is that until he decides what he's going to do with them or? Well, there is that point of what am I going to do with them? And the flip of that is also, well, am I just going to send them to a gulag in Siberia? Am I just going to- Hang out with Navalny. Yeah, hang with Navalny. Here's your daily glass of Novichok. Yeah. Um, all that sort of stuff. Or is he just going to sideline them? Yeah. Which, safety sake, because the other thing is Putin and the army do not get on. Right. right. So that, he needs these men. He kind of needs to have the army on side. And the fact that the army has gone in there and the, the basic you know, grunt on mm. the ground is like, what am I doing? doing? Yeah. Why am I? This here? is this is not what I signed up for, and this, this is, is not the, this is not what you sold me. Yeah. When you say we go over border, no, I'd say people shoot at me. Yeah. Uh, so there is a lot of that going on, and it comes down to the strongman ethos of yep. I control everything. Yeah. Right. And everyone bows to me. With an intelligence service, you really don't want that. Yeah. Because as soon as they're scared of you, as soon as there's fear, you're not going to get clean intelligence. Yeah. And the thing is, you absolutely want clean intelligence. Yeah. That was an interesting thing with during the Trump presidency, the CIA were losing people hand over fist and it was a morale issue. Point being that in his inaugural speech, he basically talked about how the CIA was the worst organisation in the American government and then the very next day went to the CIA, stood in the forum, made a speech going, oh, come on, I love you guys. And it was like the CIA were like, no, no, we don't like you anymore. And I'm sure they pretty much had a whole dossier on him and they knew his- Well, that comes- knew his character. That is the Meet the President document. Yeah. You do have a Meet the President document, yeah. which is this is the guy, this is how he operates, and this is what he likes and dislikes. And I'm pretty sure that CIA would have, and by the way, these <laughs> are all the criminal malfeasance yeah. that he's been up to. Now, with Trump, the thing about that was he ignored the daily brief. The most yeah. One of the most important documents that he gets every day, it's a briefing from the National Security Advisor going, this is what's going on in the mm. world. Now, you not only get a presentation, you get the guy coming into your office and for 25 minutes talks to you about it, you're also handed a document with all the details. Yeah. If it had more than four bullet points on the page, you wouldn't read it. And if it didn't have pictures, he definitely wouldn't read it. I know. It. He probably like is the kind of guy that wanted pictures. If they could have done it as an animation, <laughs> he probably would have really got focused or put a shark in there all the time. Yeah, yeah, Because he was yeah. a big fan of Shark Week, yeah. I believe. But this was the thing with Trump. He didn't like the intelligence services because the intelligence services were doing the thing he didn't want. Yeah. They were looking into what was going on around him. And they were giving him truths that he yeah. couldn't actually twist into lies. And, you know, as it's turning out, as more and more of the investigations go on, we're finding out how how much he was in bed with people like Vladimir Putin yep. and other people around the world, other strongmen. Mm. That when we find like the whole thing of Trump Hotel by coup, the fact that he was involved, his family company was involved with the Iranian Republican Guard Corps, all this sort of stuff sort of would have been right into the CIA's wheelhouse yeah. of going, oh, we've got a 
problem with the president. So he would have done everything he could to undermine his intelligence service, and in doing that, he's undermined his source of intelligence. Yeah. yeah. Right. So this is a real problem. So when you look at Australia, Australia is a really good example of a good relationship between government and intelligence. I believe NATO. And yes, I sat down and read the fifty-seven-page NATO report on how to use a domestic intelligence service. Of course you did. Of course I did. You know, I got nothing to. You, you were away lit- for two weeks. I know. Like you literally need to get out of your fort. More. Michelle's not around to talk to <laughs> NATO. <laughs> NATO's report on the use of a domestic security intelligence organization. And what were your take homes? Well, first they they used their case because it had to be NATO. They couldn't use Australia, so they used Canada. Hey, Canada, what's going on? No, yeah, de- yeah. we're out in the boot. Yeah, we're out in the boot and we're doing some spying, hey, but not on other people because that's rude. Uh, <laughs> and essentially they were talking about how the relationship between the Canadian government mm. and their intelligence service is really quite strong simply because the Canadian intelligence service is quite happy to turn and go, oh, yeah, those guys coming up with the trucks, better not trust them. Now, whether the government actually reacts correctly yeah. or responds in a way that is complicit with or the intelligence is another story. And when it comes to the Australian intelligence service, we saw that late last year when Burjo came out with his annual threat assessment mm. and then the government tried to politicise it in parliament. Yep. And what was the first thing he did? He went, I really don't want to do this, but I'm going to have to talk to Lee Sales on the 7.30 report and go, uh, guys, don't do that. It's all wrong. Stop playing with my intelligence yeah. because you're not helping. And that But was- do, do we see that with like a lot of countries, right? Like their intelligence services, the politicisation of it or the fact that it's used for specific governments to kind of get their way or get their point across? Oh, look, some countries, I mean, I just read a book about strongmen and it was really mm. interesting. They were looking at people like Gaddafi, Idi Amin, Putin, Trump, Orban, all of these different strongman leaders. And like Idi Amin, he basically his domestic intelligence service was nothing but a hit squad. But like when we look at Bush too, like that whole- Again. The, after September 11th. WMDs. Like, yeah. yeah, it's like, and it was complete fabrication. Now, the thing was- the story of Hillary Plame, who was a CIA operative, mm. right? So she was a CIA officer serving as a knock, non-official yeah. cover. She was undercover serving overseas. Her husband was a diplomat, so she had the cover of being yeah. in the country because her husband was a diplomat, and he named her publicly. That is exceptionally poor form. Yeah. You do not do that to your spies, all right? You just don't. Yeah. He did it as a way of undermining her husband because oh. her husband went up and said, look, I don't believe this stuff about WMDs is factual. This is not what the intelligence is telling us. There aren't cannons being made. There aren't missiles. He doesn't have the ability to do this. He does not have a nuclear program. Chemical weapons, tick. But nuclear, no. So the whole thing is he went public and said this is wrong and the Bush administration's response was name his wife as a CIA officer to undermine his credibility. Yeah, and I I think that was a really good example Kind of like what Putin is now doing. That's a really great example of governments twisting the narrative to support yeah. their whole reasoning for going in and invading another country. Now, look, I, I know when we talk about whataboutism, we could easily say that. And I'm, I'm sure, and I know Putin has even brought it up as mm. well. He's like, oh, you guys are pointing your finger at me, but what about? <laughs> what about Afghanistan? Yeah, what about yeah, Iraq? Yeah. What about this? And, what and about that? To, be, to be honest, it is true. There are elements that are true. Oh, look, we, we have blood on our hands. Australia yes. Yes. went in 
into what has now been proven to be an unnecessary war in the second Gulf War. But I would hope that now that has changed, right? I think now, especially with what we've seen with Asia having more transparency, Mm. that this is not going to happen so readily. Well, that information, and again, Andrew Wilkie is the great example, Mm. the independent member for somewhere in Tasmania. Yeah. I think. South Australia. He's Tasmania. Oh, he's Tasmanian. I'm pretty sure he is. I mean, Tasmania and South Australia are the same to me. (laughs) And for all our Tasmanian and South Australian listeners, South Australia, I love the Fringe Festival. That's the best. And Tasmania, Hobart, what a fantastic city. I've never been to Tasmania. And the Oyster Trail, you've got to do the Oyster Trail. I've never been to Tasmania. Oh, it's great. I know. I have to go. Some of the best distilleries in Australia. I know. It's on the list. It is definitely on the list. Actually, I might take my wife to Tasmania. Or or how about Tourism Tasmania? Just sponsor us. We'll come. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I will come down. My wife will eat all of your oysters and I will drink all of your whiskey and we'll just travel the country, and we'll both stop at King Island and eat all the brie. Oh, yeah. Great. So, Wilkie basically was stood up. He blew the whistle on the Australian government, on the Howard government, by going, no, what you're saying about this intelligence is factually incorrect. Yes. Right. And he stood in front of the ONA building, which is also the ASIA building at the time. He stood in front of that building and called a press conference and went, I cannot in good conscience do this. Now, we've seen what's happened to whistleblowers lately with David McBride and, of course, Witness K. Yeah. Two stories that we do need to talk about. But what was really interesting about that was the intelligence services rallied, right? The intelligence services rallied by basically going, we're not going to say he's wrong. Mm. We're just going to shut up. Our job is to give you the intelligence. What you do with it, that's on you, Yeah. right? But what we give you is the facts, Yeah. right? That's the way an intelligence service has to work. And I used to write parliamentary briefs, right? So, And a lot of it was sit reps from target countries or just countries around the world of interest. And for me, I'd always try to put a joke in it because that's the way I think, but also it's a way of communicating. But I can remember writing one joke about, I think it was Venezuela, and the editor, a lovely Scottish woman who went, no, David, you can't do that. Yeah. You can't because you're- (laughs) Change the fact. I went, but it's funny. And she went, it's funny, but it's not right. No, do it again and make it funnier. So that was the thing. It's like you deal with facts. Yeah. Now, what's going on in Russia is they're dealing with what he wants to hear. Well, it's misinformation. Yeah, but they're gaslighting their own leader. I know, that's what I mean. Like, I think the fear, the fact that he has ruled with an iron fist is now working against him. I mean, it is working against him because now he's not getting clean air. And I mean, there's that beautiful cartoon of Putin sitting on his table and then all of these generals down the other end going, no, you tell him. And that's that's a real problem for him as a a leader because now he's not- trust, right? Yeah, you got to have trust. And if you don't have trust, if the only thing you're relying on is fear, mm. you are in trouble. Yeah. So the fact that he's he's been gaslighting his own people, but at the same time, his intelligence services are gaslighting him, leads us to the point where it's like, well, how do we get out of this mess? Yeah. And he's, he's got an exceptionally effective intelligence organization generally, but at the moment it's working against him. Yes. Right. Now, how do you get out of this? Probably the best way to do it is to get rid of him. But how do we do that? I mean, Joe Biden got up and he cannot be left to stay in power and then immediately walked that cat back because it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're telling us we've got to kick him out. I know. It's got to be done internally. I know. Look, it's it's interesting because I know when we originally wanted to talk about Ukraine, I was like, look, let's just wait because it's going to be over soon. And it's, it isn't. Yeah. And I feel no. like it is something that we definitely want to unpack, but we need this time and the space. I'm- I think there's going to be, it's going to be a long time before we, understand fully how 
it's going to finish and what happened. I predict that we are going to be talking about this mm. on and off for at least the next six to 12 months. Yes. And, and as as incidents occur, like this is a, a little snapshot of what can be going wrong in there. And yeah. we're not getting a lot of clean intelligence. There's, there's obviously someone in there, in the Kremlin, that is a source. Uh, I would say there's definitely one, maybe two sources in there. There has more. to be. Well, I, I also think that there's going to be sources in there because they're seeing what's going on and they yeah. don't want to it would be easy for them now to kind of flip yeah and now, they the, they don't they don't everyone's seeing that Putin is not this is not going well yeah. now interestingly enough one of the things that did come up with when I was looking into Bethesda was the fact that he was regarded as possibly mm. the heir apparent right right Bethesda his career intelligence he's not a politician he's not a oh, well he is a politician yep. but he's not an oligarch he's not one of the oligarchy he. Is an oligarch, but he's not part of that oligarchy. He, I mean, he's a billionaire, but he's not that billionaire. He's a billionaire, but he's also yeah. It's he's he, he has a plane and a yacht, but he doesn't have two planes. Yeah. He, well, he had a, a yacht, but it's been impounded. Seized. Um, no, the whole thing with Bethesda is he's perfectly poised to take over yep. when Putin wants to step down. When you go back to Stalinist Russia, that's the best way to get yourself purged. And when Putin turned around and said, "We need to rid Russia of the scum and the traitors," and yes, this is he the was nece- talking. He was talking about that. Yeah, necessary self-purification of our society, right? A lot of people went, gee, he's telling all of those protesters. He's not talking to the protesters. He's talking to his intelligence services, his generals and the oligarchs. Yes. So I would not be surprised at all if we see a few more purges as we go along. This is standard operational procedure for Russia. The leader tends to go, okay, who looks like they could be a worthy adversary? Right, kill them. Yep. Right, or get rid of them. Or push them out out a window. Push them out a window. Get him a spa tub and tell him to move it to (laughs) the third floor. So we've got Putin and his mistrust of his services. Yeah. And then we've got other countries that are strongly relying on the information that they're getting through their kind of spy networks. Yeah. So I think it's a very interesting allegory for how you shouldn't be mean to people. (laughs) That is such- At a basic level. That is such cutting analysis there. (laughs) But like, do you know what I mean? It's like- Exactly. It's like basically you've got to you've got to let them like you. Well, it's not just you've got to let them like you. You've got to trust them to yes. do their job yes. well, and yeah, you've yeah. got to trust them to give you bad news. Right? Interestingly enough, a lot of people are saying, "Well, gee, what's going on in China?" And now China is just totally. Who knows up. what's going on in China? Because here's the other thing: I don't even trust the information that comes out of China. Yeah, but here's the really interesting thing about China. I mean, there's a lot of stuff like the Australian ambassador wasn't allowed yeah. to go to the trial for the Australian journalist that's being pinged for yeah. spying, or that they're playing their games. They play their games. One of the things. I'm pretty sure that's landing on Xi Jinping's table every day mm. is the intelligence. It's not massage. It's not one. Xi Jinping's a very powerful guy and he's really got the party under control. He's super but smart. If the party want to get rid of him, they can. They will be able to find a way to get yeah. rid of him, even if it winds up being a bloody coup. It can happen. And look, one of the things I always find interesting when you know we've got this, oh, we'll take on China, we're a rounding error. Australia is a rounding error. We're a big place, mm. but we're a tiny population. We're so small. We're tiny. We're, we'd be like the little mosquito that they would just swat at. The Uyghurs outnumber Australia <laughs> three to one. Yeah, right. So the exactly. ethnic minority that they're They're trying to cleanse. Right. They outnumber us three or four to one. Yeah. I mean, I always love it when people go, oh, you know, we're, we're, there's 40 million of us. We're quite strong. One million in seconds is 11 days. One billion in seconds 
is 31 years. Right. right. So that is the scale you're dealing with. You're either got 11 days. Australia is 25 well, I think, times 11 days. I think they're days. trying to keep the that met their population up. By That's what they're doing with their whole, like, COVID thing. They, yeah. they tried to kill the rest of the world with COVID and now, like, allegedly. Uh, by the and way, then- in no way uh, is I Spy Podcast, <laughs> and you can follow us at Twitter at I Spy Podcast. In no way is this podcast intimating in any way no, no, no. that China I, no. caused COVID, no, simply to- because I do not want to get Black banned by China. No, they, did, they didn't. Co- they didn't cause COVID. Listening. Look, they didn't cause COVID, but we do know that it did probably it's, come out of a lab it, accidentally. I actually do believe it came out of a pangolin, a fruit bat, and a wet market. No, I actually believe it came out of the lab. Oh, um, this is a, we are going. Well, maybe we need to. We need to. We need, need to break down China. <laughs> okay, how about we let, end it there before we start fighting? <laughs> Like we like to do on Twitter. Oh, we do. Yeah. All right. So, bottom line. Yes. Trust your intelligence organization yes. and they will give you all the intelligence you want and need. Trust them and they'll trust you. Yeah, exactly. So, look after your peeps. Look after your spies and they will look after you. Nice. Nice.